Hello, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Frank Spangler, and this is Worldviews, a podcast that seeks to find harmony between the philosophies and worldviews of religion and science. People living in the days of Abraham had a completely different worldview than we do today. The Genesis narrative of the creation event that we have in our Bibles is based on the oral traditions that parents would pass on to their children back 4,000 years ago, and beautifully teaches the principles of creation within the context of their understanding of the cosmos. The amazing thing about Genesis 1 is that if read carefully, many of the principles of the creation story can still resonate with us today, even though our scientific understanding has changed so much since the days of Abraham. Today, we are looking at how the Genesis account of life's origins sets the stage for the creation narrative. The approach we are taking is to first understand Genesis from the viewpoint of the original audience for whom it was intended, but then see how we can pull the principles of the original thought through the veil of time and culture and find faith-affirming principles for us today. Let's go to the text and respectfully, exegetically, see what we can discover. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. For the shepherds of Abraham's day, this grand opening to the narrative lays down the fundamentals. The land, the hills, the pastures that they walk on, along with the heavens that they look up to every day, every night, were created by God. The nations around them had creation stories filled with monsters and beasts that clashed with each other, gods that fought and ultimately, almost inadvertently, created land and people from the remnants or the corpses of defeated gods. In great contrast to this, the Hebrew oral tradition of creation spoke of one God, the same God that Abraham knew and walked with creating all things in a purposeful, intentional event in the beginning by one supreme being. The Creator started with nothing. The Creator was not dependent on other gods, other material, or previously created matter. While the nations around them 
worshipped the sun, the moon, the stars, even wood and stone carvings of these creations, the opening statement of Genesis makes it clear. The God of Abraham, the supreme God, created all things. When you worship, why not worship the Creator Himself, rather than the things that He created? The message was clear to the shepherds of Abraham's day. But what about us today? What can we pull from this opening text? Well, for us today, the Genesis claim that there was a beginning is very important, very significant. As we have noted in Lesson 3, here is an example of where the Bible got it right long before science. For many hundreds of years, science taught that the universe was infinitely old. The Book of Nature now confirms that Genesis made the correct claim that the universe had a beginning. Let's keep reading. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was upon the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I am sure that the shepherds of old were impressed that their God was able to start it all with nothing. We may also be impressed that the Genesis account states that our Creator started with nothing. The great creator of all things is not dependent on pre-existing materials. Scientists today debate what was before the Big Bang. Some say there was nothing. Others say that our universe may have actually expanded out from the collapse of a previous universe. I would like to suggest that if science had just a little more faith in the Bible, it might help answer this ongoing debate. For people who do have faith in the inspiration of Genesis, we can be quite confident in the view that the Creator is not dependent on pre-existing life, or land, or light, or sun, or moon, or stars, to begin his creative work. This passage, verse 2 here, perhaps more than any other, is what critics point to as an example of how the Hebrew creation story is so much like the creation stories of other cultures. So many creation myths start out with how there was nothing but emptiness, darkness, and chaos over a massive body of water. In many creation narratives, there is a creation force or personage that floats on the water or moves in the water. In Genesis, the Spirit of God hovers over the water. The argument of skeptics, of course, is to minimize the Hebrew version of creation. Critics say that 
This makes the Hebrew creation account no different than the stories of any other culture on earth. They claim that the Genesis account is just one more origin myth, typical of every culture. I would like to submit that the opposite view could also be seen. The very fact that so many origin stories start out the same way in itself may be evidence that they are all based on the same original oral tradition. But that as people migrated out over the earth and became separated by large physical distances and boundaries, that the original story over many generations developed differently in every culture. Why put faith in the Hebrew account more than the others? Well, I would argue that it is because of the claim of divine inspiration and guidance of the Hebrew account. The Creator, the God of Abraham, I believe, protected the retelling and eventual recording of the account perhaps even giving special inspiration and revelation to the first one who wrote it down. And so the scene is set. It is the beginning, and all is dark, empty, and formless. In our next lesson, we will begin the great creation week with day one. I hope that you will join us. Until then, Farewell for now.